0: And I want to come around that word today, sacrifice. And God reminded me in Mark chapter 14 of a, of a story and a picture of what sacrificial giving looks like. And it's, it's so important that we understand that when we're giving to God, giving is an act of worship to God. It's worship, worth-ship. It's saying, God, you deserve so much more, but out of what you've given me, here is my worship. Here is my sacrifice to you. You know, it's been asked. It's been asked already. Why, why, why do you spend an entire series talking about an offering? I just don't get it. It's been asked. And maybe that's the question you have today. And, and I would say, if that is your question today, then I would respond to you with, why do you, buy a direct TV package to the NFL games or, or spend thousands of dollars on a season ticket to watch and celebrate and cheer on men and spandex on a field that you don't even know that's done nothing for you, I just don't get it. Because you invest in what you value. I'm not saying any of those things are bad. I'm not saying you shouldn't buy season tickets. You should, go do it, that's fine. But what when, when, when I'm telling you is that when you love something and something has worked to you, it's easy to sacrifice for it. You will look for ways to spend that money. Have you ever seen somebody bought something and you're like, why'd you buy that? That's a waste of money. Well, obviously it was worth something to them. And you give towards it because it has value to you. Mark chapter 14 is this picture of a sacrificial moment. And if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to Mark chapter 14, verses one through nine. And while you're turning there, why don't you stand in honor of God's word today as we read it? Mark chapter 14, verses one through nine. says this. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him, but not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. Verse three. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in a home of Simon the leper. That's a rough nickname. (laughs) How would you like that to be your nickname? You understand that they wouldn't be in his house, obviously, if he had leprosy. But he was still known by what he used to have. And I wonder if if he was one of the ones that Jesus healed. Maybe so. Maybe maybe so. Maybe he, out of gratitude and the gift of healing he had received, he wanted to host Jesus. In his own home, because I believe that when God has done something for you, when God has been so good to you in a tangible, specific way, something inside of you ought to want to make room for God to do something through you, not just to you, but through you. And so all this is going on. They're reclining at the table, and it says a woman came with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly, To one another. Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare me for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, even in 2021 at Skybreak Church, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And the scent of her sacrifice is still in the air today. I want to preach to you for the next few moments from the subject, making sense of sacrifice. Making sense of sacrifice. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that it would cut through down to our core, that you would speak to us in a special way. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said "Amen." amen. Amen. You may be seated. This story is recorded by three different accounts in the Gospels. We see Matthew, Mark, and John each record this incident from their their own perspective. And it's amazing to me how this one woman makes the pages of the eternal word of God. That she pours something on Jesus so expensive it was equivalent the accounts said to a year's wages. This this isn't this isn't Old Spice, okay? <laughs> Is my, how many of you wear Old Spice in the room? God bless you. <whistles> Is that how it goes? Something like that. But this was pure Nard from. The Himalayan mountains, it was a root fragrance, it was very expensive, and so we have this crazy woman who's busted up on this party, and she just started pouring this costly perfume of pure nard on Jesus' head. And immediately, the disciples are, are, are going crazy because our mind, they begin to calculate the cost, and our mind always wants to make sense when things are happening. And I found oftentimes that your heart will try to have faith, but your mind will try to make sense and the two will constantly be in contradiction. And here is some people at this table saying, this doesn't make sense that she's doing this. Why this waste, some said. It says that they spoke indignantly. You know, when you, when you give to God on a sacrificial level, it's really, if it's really sacrifice, you will hear a voice in your head that this doesn't make sense. How many people have ever done that before and you've heard that phrase? This don't make sense. If you've ever really given God a good gift, if you've ever done something on a sacrificial level, you'll wanna throw up a little bit. You will at least feel queasy. I mean, my wife's got her pre-pregnancy or her pregnancy stuff going on with all the nausea and all this stuff, so maybe that's why I'm saying nausea because throwing up. But you, you you, will even second guess it. I mean, I'm telling you, every year when, when Kenan and I get together and we, we talk about it and we bring our gift above our tithe, to the legacy offering, I look at the amount I put on it and I I begin to think I would have never thought that I would be able to do this at the season of life I'm in to give a gift like this. To give on a sacrificial level. I found it was easy for me to give when I didn't have a lot because what do I have to lose? But when you've worked hard for something and you've saved money and you've been budgeting and you, you prioritize what's important and the real values that you have and God calls you to give a little something, it's different. It has a different moment and a different experience for you. This was a year's wages for this woman. Do the math. It doesn't make sense. Think about it. To be honest, there's a lot of things that we do in church that wouldn't make sense to a spectator coming in. I mean, let's think about it. Why do they lift their hands, Susie? Like, is somebody, what are they reaching for? Like, is there something in the air? But then maybe you, you come to a, a point in your life where you're going through something and the weight of the world is on your shoulders and you say, God, I surrender it all to you because I can't do this on my own. I need you, Jesus. And all of a sudden, it will make sense. Surrender makes sense. Surrender makes, only makes sense when you've been through something. It makes sense. It may not make sense even for people to why you even come to church. Bro, you mean you're gonna go to that church on your day off when you could be doing anything else, you're gonna go to church? Are you kidding me? Yeah, man, because God speaks to me there and I wanna hear the word of God because the word of God begins to transform my life and it helps me to keep moving forward and what I'm supposed to be doing and I love going even on my day off. And I know to some it it makes no sense. I know that even in my own life, sometimes it's hard to, to have faith and make sense. And these disciples were having a hard time with making sense of this woman's extravagance. They could not understand it. She was taking it too far, but maybe it's because she had a different appreciation. Maybe we aren't crazy to give to God. Maybe that there is something that happens when we give. I really want you to be in a state of of gratefulness. I really want you to be in a state of appreciation and anticipation as we observe this text and as we prepare for what God is going to do next weekend, because even if you're choosing, let me say this, even if you're choosing to not participate, I want you to think about this example for a moment. There is this thing called full circle moments, and it's really difficult to see the full circle moment when you're still in it. The disciples are having a hard time making sense of this woman's sacrifice because, well, the cross hadn't happened yet. They don't, they don't see the full circle. Think about it. We have the benefit of the knowledge to know what Jesus was going to do. The disciples did not. We know that it would only be hours from now that Jesus would ride in on on a donkey and people would be laying down their palm branches saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, and he would be fulfilling a prophecy but only to find that their Hosannas were a prelude to crucify him because we see it full circle. We know that this woman, it was her pivotal opportunity. We see that this was her window to do something significant for the one whom she considered her savior. The disciples didn't know it yet. In fact, it's significant that this was all happening during the Passover feast. The Israelites would have understood this. We, we don't celebrate this season of, 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 that, that they were going through in the same way that they did because they were brought out of slavery. They have been brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and when, you, when the plague came into to, to Egypt and God instructed the children of Israel to sacrifice the lamb and put the blood on over the doorpost. he said, when I see the sacrifice, I'll pass over your house and I will not visit you and I will not give you their punishment. If you've ever had God pass over a punishment that you deserve in your life, you understand something about the celebration of sacrifice. You understand it, it makes sense. And they were having a dinner, they were having a celebration, but this woman had the sense of sacrifice. They're all reclined at the table, like propped up and here comes this woman. And what they couldn't seem to see, what they couldn't seem to understand, what they couldn't seem to sense is that this whole thing that Jesus was doing is all winding down. For three years, he's been feeding people. For three years, he's been healing people. For for all this time, they've been there for all of that, but now it's all winding down, and the hour is approaching where he will go to do the very thing that he was set to do since the day he was born. He was headed to the cross all along, but they couldn't see it. And at this moment, this woman knows that not only is this the Passover season, but the Passover lamb is sitting at the table. Jesus, the lamb who was slain from the foundation of the earth, whose blood was was signified as on the doorpost was was sitting at the table. But they didn't even see it. But she did. If he could come and die for me, the least I could do is break a vase for him. If if, if he could stretch his arms so wide, enough to accept me, enough to welcome me, enough to restore me, then it's easy to make sense and realize that in the shadow of his sacrifice, it is a privilege for me to give. It is a privilege for me to praise him. It makes sense. But it didn't make sense to the disciples. This is a little extreme, don't you think? That's what the little voice tells me every time I give in the offering. This is a little much, don't you think? This would be a nice part of a down payment on your home that you really would like to buy. And if you do this, you're gonna have to wait a little little bit longer. This doesn't make sense. I think all that. I'm human too. I I know I'm a pastor and I know this is God's church, but I think it too. I'm human. I'm just saying what you would rather you would like for me to say. It doesn't make sense. The truth is what really doesn't make sense is for the spotless lamb to give his precious lifeblood for sinners like you and me. You wanna talk about what doesn't make sense? What doesn't make sense is that God would freely welcome us into his kingdom and freely give us all things. That, my friend, doesn't make sense. But too often we get comfortable and we get complacent. And we lean back at the table like we belong there. And when the opportunity of sacrifice comes, we scoff at it. But if you really remember what God saved you from, if you really remember what he's brought you through, if you remember what he's done in your life, then it's not a sacrifice, it's an opportunity. It then makes sense for me to give because everything I am and everything I have is all because of him. And I wish, we, I wish we knew a little bit more about this woman. The one thing that bothers me about Mark's perspective is it's not Mark's fault, but, but, but at the time that this is written, they didn't place a high value on women, so even her being in the room didn't make sense. When you see women in the Bible, sometimes you don't even get their name. It's the same thing with a lot of poor people who had a condition, you wouldn't even know their name, you would just know them by their condition. And I, I, wish, I wish I knew who this woman was because I think if I knew who, what, who she was, if I could understand more about her story, I could understand more about her sacrifice. There must be more to her story. I mean, she didn't just wake up on this one morning and decide to pour a year's wages on Jesus' head. Something must have happened in her life to bring her to this point. Mark doesn't tell us who she was, but wait a minute. Wait a minute, hang on. That's right. John tells the same story in his gospel, in chapter 12. Let, me, let, me, let us see if we can understand a little bit more about her experience. Maybe if we understand her experience, we can understand her extravagance. What would bring her to this point where she would want to give a year's wages? Let, let's, let's look at what John has to say in John chapter 12. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived. Okay, whom Jesus had raised from that. Okay, I remember Lazarus because in chapter 11, he was dead, and and, and now he's alive, and and Jesus had raised him from the dead, and I I don't even have time to preach to you about how Lazarus, I wish I had time to tell you about how Jesus didn't come when they wanted him to, but he actually came on time, and how sometimes he'll be late on your schedule so he can reveal something about his character to you that you couldn't have known if he would have come when you requested him, that he couldn't have revealed to you what you needed to know, that you needed to know, that you didn't know you needed to know, how sometimes he will leave you in a situation a little bit longer than you'd like to stay. But I don't even have time to preach about that. Verse two, here, here was a dinner that was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served. Okay, I remember Martha, and, and Lazarus was among those reclining with him at the table. Okay, Martha was the one who cooked for Jesus. Jesus liked going to Bethany because Martha cooked some good fried chicken, and he was always going to Bethany because he wanted to eat a good meal. Thank you, Jesus, for fried chicken. Remember, th- this is... This is the same story that that Mark is telling us in his chapter 14. John is just giving us a little bit different vantage point. He's giving us a little bit more detail. We know it's at Simon the leper's home, but his his family is with this guy named Lazarus, whom Jesus loved, whom he was dead and he's now alive. And it was such a miracle that they wanted to do something in his honor and for what Jesus had done for them. So they get Simon the leper's home, Simon who who, who used to be a leper, and then Jesus touched him and now he's cleansed, so he opened up his home and they cooked a meal. Now watch this, are you ready? Are you ready, watch this. Then Mary, oh, now I get it. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard. This woman wasn't just any woman. Then Mary, the one who saw her brother get up from the grave. Then Mary, the one who knelt at his feet and said, Father, if you would have been here, you would have saved him. Then Mary, the one who took him to the place where he laid. I'm excited because I've been there before. I've seen dead things come to life. I've seen one word from God transform a situation. It makes more sense because it was Mary. It makes more sense because she had a personal experience of the power of God. When I give, I'm giving from my experience. God has been there for me. There were times when I thought I wouldn't make it. There were times when I prayed out and cried out to God and I didn't even know if he heard me. But with one word, with one word, with one word, he called me out of that grave. Let me tell you, you don't mind being extravagant when you've had a personal experience with God. I'm not just going to experience the celebration, but resist the opportunity to sacrifice. You can recline at the table if you want to, but after all that God has done for me, he's been too good for me to just sit back and miss my opportunity. Mary didn't even know that 2,000 years later that we would still be preaching about something that she sensed in a room that was her opportunity. She filled the room with an aroma. She was willing to be misunderstood. She was willing to be scoffed at. She, She heard the instruction. She heard this was her moment. She wiped his feet with her hair. Everybody at the table had experienced his goodness, but she made a a decision to make a sacrifice. When was the last time you've broken a vase for God? Some of us have never made a sacrificial gift. We don't do it because we're scared, but here's the thing. If I really believe in resurrection, if I really believe that what goes in the ground doesn't stay in the ground when it's planted in the soil of faith, if I really believe what Jesus did on that cross and what he came out of that grave, if I really believe that nothing I keep can be kept and nothing I give can be taken away, if I really believe that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, if I've really had an experience, then why shouldn't I break a vase for him? Do you realize that you're sitting in someone's sacrifice today? And because someone else thought you were worth it, it made sense for them to give a sacrifice. That you were worth it to them even though they may never meet you, even though they may never know your name. That there was tremendous value placed on you all because someone else before you sacrificed so you could be sitting in this room today when it didn't make sense. The question is, do we believe that those who are coming After us have that same value. We must understand that they were sitting with their sacrifice, the Lamb of God. They were sitting with Jesus. And one woman sensed that this was the moment. This was it. Because when you hear the voice of God speak to you, you have a choice. Have faith, or make sense. If I put this perfume on myself, it will fade away, but if I place it on Jesus, it will not be taken away. That's what this woman knew. And to this very day, we are still able to smell the fragrance of her sacrifice. And I think if we could ask Mary a question, I believe that she would say, thank you, thank you for that sermon, it was, it was really nice, pastor, but it wasn't a sacrifice. What Jesus did for me, yeah, that was sacrifice. This perfume wasn't a sacrifice, it was my opportunity. What will we do when we are given the opportunity to offer sacrifice to the one who sacrificed for us? Next week we have an opportunity an opportunity to show appreciation, an opportunity to anticipate what he's about to do. Mary didn't know that, that, that she was not only showing him gratitude for what he had done for her, but she didn't even know that she was doing something prophetically to prepare for something she didn't even know about. Who knows what will happen when you give? Who knows the miracles that will begin to unfold? Who knows what God will do with one act of obedience? Who knows? Who knows the impact that we will make together as a church to reach those who are lost, the ones who need to surrender to Jesus, who are going to surrender to him on the other side of our sacrifice? Who knows the lives we're going to continue to impact? Who knows the meals we're going to be able to feed? Who knows the surgeries we're going to be able to help perform in Nigeria through the boom Foundation? Who knows the pregnant women who don't have anybody, who don't know where to go, can go to a pregnancy center and find hope and receive counseling and get help? Who? our sacrifice and matter of fact let me just tell you you don't have to wait till next week you can give today you can go on the app you can click Legacy Offer because I believe if God is prompting you you don't need to wait if this is your moment then this is your moment we'll add it to the total next week we're gonna have a big old party we're gonna celebrate we're gonna throw totals up on the screen you can give today if you want to you may ask though why is all this important it's a good question one simple answer Real basic, but so profound. There are still people who are in need of Jesus more than ever before. Pastor said it a few weeks ago, we are no longer the home team in America. We're now a visiting team where Christian values are not held up like they were. Where the belief in God and the importance of God in our life and in our country and in our schools and in everywhere we go, It even says, in God, we trust on our money, but nobody really believes that anymore. But in a moment, in an opportunity, in a world we have the greatest opportunity through the other side of that thing right there, who every week, we have thousands of people that are tuning in all across the world, who every week they're watching this in a prison right now, accepting Jesus and turning their life over and getting their life back on track and finding hope and getting a Bible and doing all these things. Why? Because someone sacrificed so that can happen. Why is it important? Because it matters because they're worth it. You were worth it. I was worth it. I I was a twinkle in the eye when this church was built. A good twinkle by that. But who knew... The sacrifice that Pastor Danny and Janet would make when they left at 26 with $800 in their bank account and everything they own in a cattle trailer to leave from a place and go to another place that they don't even know, they don't know anybody and build a church 34 years ago. Who knew on the other side of their sacrifice we would be sitting in this room today in a building with all these people and people tuning in from the other side of a screen to know that over 1,100 people just this year accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. Who knew? one act of obedience to today, who knew you would be sitting here today? Who knew? So it makes me wonder, in a room like this today, across this stream right now on the other side of a screen, how many of you need Jesus today? All that we do this for is for you right now, this moment, this, this present time. For those of you that haven't yet given your life to Jesus, the one who who came, God who sent his son. And when you give your life to Jesus, you allow him to do what he does best, and that is to make all things new in your life, to restore your life back to what he had designed you to be, to give you purpose, to give you peace. Why not today be the day? Why not? Why don't you ask your neighbor, why not today? Maybe, it's, maybe they need to do it. Why not today? Turn, ask them. Ask them out loud. I need to hear your voice. Why not today? Why not? Why not today be the day that you give your life to Jesus? Why not? Put it in the chat right now. Why not? There's people online right now. There, there, there's people who watch us from Laredo. I just met a whole family. They're actually here today. They drive in from Laredo, Texas today to come to be a part of what God is doing. They also watch online. Who knows? Why not? Why not right there? Put why not in the chat? Why not? The Bible tells us that if we pray a certain prayer, that we will receive the free gift of salvation. We can't earn it. You can't, you can't work hard. You can't be a good person. You can't do good deeds to earn your salvation. It only comes by an act of faith with a prayer that you confess with your mouth, believing in what Jesus Christ did for you, that you can receive the free gift of salvation. That's it grace that is freely given, salvation that is freely given. He paid for it so we can be in right standing with God. So why not today accept the person who holds the keys of your life? Why not accept him as Lord and Savior today so you can spend eternity in heaven with him when this life passes? You know, we serve a God who is a giver by nature. In fact, John 3.16, one, one of the most quoted verses in all the scripture says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. That's eternal life. And Romans 10.9 gives us the instruction that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and we believe in our heart that he raised from the dead, it says that we will be saved. And if you're here today, and today is your day, if you're on the other side of a screen and today is your day, with every eye closed, every head bowed today, I want to ask something of you. I want to ask when I say three, I'm not going to ask you to do anything crazy other than just lift up your hand. I want to know who I'm praying with today. When I say three, when I count to three, I want you to lift your hand up high so I can see you and I can pray with you today. If that's you, one, two. Three, lift them up, lift them up, lift them up. Thank you, Jesus. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Lift them up high, lift them up high. I see you. Come on, church. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, come on, lift them up, lift them up, lift them up. I see you, I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. I see you. Don't let this moment pass you by. If that's you today, lift them up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lives are being turned around right now. If you're online, put it in the chat. We see you. Most importantly, God sees you. He knows right where you are. He knows every hair on your head. He knows exactly the situation you're facing, and he wants to step into it like you've never experienced in your life. If that's you, three more seconds. I wanna give you that opportunity. Just lift up your hand today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, you can put your hands down. I want us all in this room together to pray out loud where our ears can hear it. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Help me to live a new life in you. God, I accept you as Lord and leader of my life. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. And today I ask that you would forgive me of all my sin. I believe you rose from the grave so that I could have life and life to the full. I accept you today. I put my faith in you. I put my hope in you. And I put my trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Church, why don't we celebrate one more time for every person. Could accept the Jesus today.